Welcome to Zichud Simani Member by Ram Golday and Tehran Zechus Yuma Daf Ein, the seventh parak Baalo Kongado. So the three types we're going to focus on: number one, the Mishnah Daf Samaches Am Beis Tat, that the Kongado reads the parsha of Achrimos and Achba Asu, and then he rolls up the Sefer Torah, places it under his arm, and says, "Yosem Mashak Rasi Liknechem Kasuv Kan." More than what I read before you is written here. He then reads the parsha Masafim Baal Peh. Rashi here explains that he makes the announcement for otherwise people might think that the parsha is missing from the Torah. The Gemara here asks, why doesn't roll the Sefer to the proper place and read inside? Rav Huna braided Rav Yeshua said in the Rav Sheshes, Lefisha Engoli Sefer Torah, but Sibur Kvod Sibur. Because we don't roll a Sefer Torah in public out of consideration for the covet of the Tzibur. Rashi explains that it shows disregard for the Tzibur to make them wait in silence until the Torah is rolled and then read. Two reasons are given as to why second Sefer is not brought. Rav Huna bar Yehuda said, Mishum Pagamu Shavrishum, because people might think the first one is lacking. Rishwakish said, Mishum Baraka Shainasrichum, because of the unnecessary bracha the Kongado would make. Point number two, the Mishnah Dav Samachez Amabe state that one who sees a Kongado when he reads from the Torah cannot see the par and seer when they are burned and vice versa. Well, they shane or shy, it's not because it's not permitted to see both procedures, because there was a great distance between them and the performance of both procedures took place at the same time. The Gemara here asks why anyone would think that there's anything wrong with watching both procedures, and answers that you might have thought that one might leave one procedure in the middle in order to observe the second one, based on Rishwakish's principle of Ein Mavir in all mitzvahs. We do not pass over the opportunity to perform mitzvahs. What mitzvah is there in simply watching procedure? Barovam Hadras Melch. It's the mitzvah of what the multitude of the people is the glory of the king. Therefore, the Tan is coming to inform us that one would be permitted to do so. Rashi explains that since those watching the mitzvah are not actually involved in its performance, leaving the area doesn't constitute a mavirin in all mitzvahs. And point number three, the next mission brings about focus between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Kiva regarding when the Parola, the Ram, and the Musafim are brought. The Gemara brings an alternative version of the Malchus and notes they both agree that there's only one communal Ram since they neither mentioned a second Ram in their order of their Kabbanas. This is in the court of the Rebbe, as it was taught in the Brace of Rebbe holds that there was one ram on Yom Kippur. The one mentioned by Yikra is the same one mentioned in Chomesh Bekudim. Rebbe Lazar Rabbi Shimon says that there are two communal rams, one mentioned by Yikra and the other in Chomesh Bekudim. Rebbe holds that there is one, for it's written Echot, one ram. The Torah emphasizes one, even though the word ram alone would have indicated a single ram. Rebbe Lazar Rabbi Shimon says the meaning is Meyuchach Be'edro, it should be the choices of its flock. Rebbe learns it should be miyuchad shebeedro from a different passage. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah Daf Samech has some base taught that the Kongado reads the parsha of Achrimos and Achba Asur, and then he rolls up the Sefer Torah, places it under his arm, and says, Yosem Masha Karasi Lifnechem Kasivkan. More than what I've read before you is written here. He then reads the parsha Musafim Baal Peh. Rashi here explains that he makes the announcement for otherwise people might think that the parsha is missing from the Torah. The Gemara here asks, why he doesn't roll the Sefer to the proper place and read inside? Rav Huna Bereid Rav Yeshua said in Rav Sheshes, Lafisha Engoli Sefer Torah, but Sibur Mifnei Kvod Sibur. Because we don't roll a Sefer Torah in public out of consideration for the covet of the Sibur. Rashi explains that it shows disregard for the Sibur to make them wait in silence until the Torah is rolled and then read. Two reasons are given as to why second Sefer is not brought. Rav Huna Bar Yehuda said, Mishun Pakamu Shavrishun, because people might think the first one is lacking. Rishwakish said, because of the unnecessary bracha the Kongado would make. Point number two, the Mishnah Daf Samachez Amabe state that one who sees the Kongado when he reads in the Torah cannot see the par and seer when they are burned and vice versa. And it's not because it's not permitted to see both procedures, but because there was a great distance between them and the performance of both procedures took place at the same time. So the Gemara here asks why anyone would think that there's anything wrong with watching both procedures 
and answers that you might have thought that one may not leave one procedure in the middle in order to observe the second one based on Rachel Akish's principle of Ein Mavirin Aha Mitzvahs. We do not pass over the opportunity to perform mitzvahs. What mitzvah is there in simply watching the procedure? Baroba Amhadras Melech. It's the mitzvah of what the multitude of the people is the glory of the king. Therefore, the Tan is coming to inform us that one would be permitted to do so. Rashi explains that since those watching the mitzvah are not actually involved in its performance, leaving the area doesn't constitute Ein Mavirin, all mitzvahs. And point number three, the next Mishnah brings the Malchokas between Rabbi Lez and Rabbi Kiva regarding when the Paraola, the Ram, and the Musafim are brought. The Gemur brings an alternative version of the Malchokas and notes that they both agreed that there was only one communal Ram, since neither mentioned a second Ram in their order of the Kabbanas. So this is in accord with Rebbe, as it was taught in the Brace that Rebbe holds that there was one Ram on Yom Kippur. The one mentioned in Vayikra is the same one mentioned in Chomashim Bukudim. Rebbe Shimon says that there are two communal rams, one mentioned by Yikre and the other in Chomash Bukudim. Rebbe holds that there was one, for it's written, Echad, one ram. The Torah emphasizes one, even though the word ram alone would have indicated a single ram. Rebbe Shimon says the meaning is, it should be the choices of its flock. Rebbe learns it should be from a different pasuk. All right, so now we go to Simon for Daf Ayin, and our Simon is a one-eyed Martian, a one-eyed Martian. So here goes. The one-eyed Martians, listening to their high Martian proudly doing a public reading by heart, wish they had chosen instead to go to the sacrificial burning, taking place on a different planet at the same time, where only one ram was offered. Once again, it's commotion. The one-eyed Martians, one-eyed Martians, that must mean we're on Duff Ayan. The one-eyed Martians, listening to their high Martian proudly doing a public reading by heart, which reminds us, the Gemara here asks why the Kohen Gadol reads the parchment of Sufin by heart instead of rolling the Savior to the proper place and reading inside. Rav Huna Rav Yeshua said, in the name of Sheshes, because we don't roll a Savior to Torah in public out of consideration for the covenant of the zebra and making them wait in silence until the Torah is rolled and then read. Two reasons are given as to why a second Savior is not brought. Mishum Bakam Rishim, because people might think the first one is lacking, or Mishum Baracha and Tzricha, because of the unnecessary bracha the Kohen Gadol would make. So the one-eyed Martians listening to their high Martian, proudly doing a public reading by heart, wish they had chosen instead to go to the sacrificial burning, taking place on a different planet at the same time. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks why anyone would think that there's anything wrong with watching both procedures accrue to the burning of the offerings, and answers that you might have thought that one might not leave one procedure in the middle in order to observe the second one based on Rachel Akush's principle of Ein Mavir and all mitzvahs. We don't pass over the opportunity to perform mitzvahs, the mitzvah being here, Barova Amadras Melech. It's a mitzvah of, with a multitude of people, is the glory of the king. Therefore, the ton is coming to inform us that one would be permitted to do so. And Rashi explains that since those watching the mitzvah are not actually involved in its performance, leaving the area doesn't constitute a mavirin all mitzvahs. So the one-eyed Martians listen to their high Martian proudly doing a public reading by heart, wish they had chosen instead to go to the sacrificial burning taking place on a different planet at the same time, where only one ram was offered. Which reminds us, Rebbe and Rebbe Kiva disagree about the order of the offerings, but agree that there was only one communal ram, since neither mentioned a second ram in their order of the Karbanas. So this is in accord with Rebbe, as it was taught in the Bryce, Rebbe holds that there was one ram on Yom Kippur, the one mentioned by Yikra and the one mentioned in Yom Shabbat Rebbe Rebbe Shimon says there are two communal rams, the one mentioned by Yikra and the other in Yom Shabbat Rebbe holds that there's one, for it's written, Echod, one ram. The Torah emphasizes one, even though the word ram alone would have indicated a single ram. Belezer Rebbe Shimon says that the meaning is it should be the choices of its flock. Rebbe learns it should be from a different Pasuk. So once again, the one-eyed Martians listening to their high Martian, proudly doing a public reading by heart, wish they had chosen instead to go to the sacrificial burning taking place on a different planet at the same time. 
where only one ram was offered. All right, now it's time for a four-block back Chazor. Daf Samachvav. So the Simmer Daf Samachvav is sewing and we use a tailor. So here goes. The old-fashioned tailor's guild, tailor's guild, that must be more on Daf Samachvav for sewing. The old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters, lest one wear it on the wrong day, which reminds us, Rubber presents an alternative answer why Rabbi Yudah does not permit the last part and seer of Yom Kippur that were subsequently found to be used the following year. He says, it is a gezer mishum takala, a decree out of concern for a mishap that might be committed with the animals should they be kept alive. The Gemara clarifies that the concern is a takala de hakrava, a concern that someone might get preoccupied with them and actually bring them as karbanas before Yom Kippur. However, there is no concern of a takalata hakrava for animals that are sent to graze, which are not fit for offering, because one will not be preoccupied with them to come to offer them improperly. So the old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters lest one wear it on the wrong day, made a proclamation that any member who did not carry a sick goat on his shoulder, which reminds us, the next mission is to discuss the confession that the Kongadal says on the Sirmish Daleach and the process for sending the goat out of the base of Migdash. The Gemara brings a Bryce that presents three questions which were present to Rebbe Hazar, and in each case he was evasive in answering. Number one, if the goat became sick, what is the lacha as to whether the designee should carry it out to the cliff on his shoulder? Number two, if the one designated to send it out took sick, what is the lacha as to whether he should send it out through someone else? And number three, if he shoved the goat off the cliff and it did not die, what is the lacha as to whether he must go down and kill it? The Chamim answered that if the goat became sick, he should carry it on his shoulders. If the designee became sick, he should send it out through someone else. And if the goat did not die, he should go down and kill it. Another Bryce explains that Rebbe was not being evasive because he didn't know how to respond. Rather, it's because he would not say anything that he'd never heard from his Rebbe. So the old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters, lest one wear it on the wrong day, made a proclamation that any member who did not carry a sick goat on his shoulder would get one of three alternative punishments for the same sin. Which reminds me, it was taught in the Brisa that a wise woman asked Rebbe Yezer, since the various acts of serving the eagle are equally prohibited, why were the deaths of those who served it not the same? Well, she explains that there were three types of deaths, the sword, a plague, and hydrogen, a swelling of the stomach. Rabbi Yezer was evasive. The Gemara brings Malchokah's Robin late regarding the reason. One said that the one who slaughtered a carbon or burn incense was killed by the sword. If he embraced or kissed it, he was killed by the plague. And if he was inwardly happy that people served it, he was punished with hydrogen. The other one explained that those who had Adim and Hasra were killed by the sword. If they just had Adim, they died by the plague. And if they had neither, they died by hydrogen. Daf Samach Zayin. So the Simmer Daf Samach Zayin is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue. Barbecue. That must be more on Daf Samach Zayin. Sizzling barbecue. The ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue, sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread, which reminds us the next mission describes the Ishiti's trek to the Azazal Cliff, where ten sukkahs were set up intermittently along the way, and at each sukkah they would say to him, Hari Mazan, Hari Maim, here's food and here's drink. I was taught in Abraisa that no one ever had a need for this food and drink, so why did they offer it to him? Rather, it was offered because the hunger of one who has bread in his basket doesn't compare to the hunger of one who does not have bread in his basket. So the ravenous bakrim at the barbecue, sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread, keenly watched in anticipation for the red strip meat indicator to turn white. Which reminds us, it was taught in Abraisa that originally they would tie the Lushan shells of Horus on the door with the Ulm on the outside, and if it turned white, they rejoiced, but if it didn't turn white, they were despondent and ashamed. They therefore instituted they should tie it on the door of the Ulm on the inside, but people would still peek in and see what happened to it. They therefore instituted they should tie half of the strip on a rock and half of the strip on the goat's horns. Rabbi Nachum Bar-Papa said in the Rabbi Lazar al-Kapar, originally they would tie the strip of red wool on the door of the Ulm on the inside, 
And as soon as the goat reached the wilderness and was pushed off the cliff, the strip would turn white. And they knew that the midst of the seer was complete. As it says in the Pasuk, If your sins will be like crimson, they'll become white like snow. So the ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread keenly watched in anticipation for the red strip meat indicator to turn white while enjoying their view from on top of the harsh and rugged mountain next to a cliff. Which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa Azazel Shia Azvakasha. The term Azazel indicates that the mountain should be harsh and rugged. It might be thought that the seer can be sent to a mountain in a populated place. The Torah therefore states, Bemidbar in the wilderness. Umanayin from where do we know that it must be a cliff? The Torah therefore states, Gezera, meaning cut sharply, such as a cliff. A brisa was taught in Yeshiva Rishmoel, Azazel, Shemachapra Maisa Uza Azael. The term Azazel indicates that it atones for the act of Uza and Azael. Rashi explains that this refers to the two Malachim of destruction who descended to earth in the days of Naamah, the sister of Tubalkain, and proceeded to a cohabit with the daughters of man. They represent the sin of adultery for which the Seir comes to atone. And we use a sukkah. So here goes. The sukkah, sukkahs, that must more in Daf Samaches, Schach. The sukkah's cholamot extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat, which reminds the source of the par in Sirbi Yom Kippur dismembered with the skin still on the meat, comes from a lima that connects him to the par called Mashiach, which has nituach with no hebshet, dismemberment with no flaying. The Torah states regarding the par called Mashiach, but the hide of the bull and all its meat, bekiru upirsho, and its innards and its waist. Rapop explained, just as the bull's waist must obviously remain within its innards, so too the bull's meat should remain within its skin. So the sukkah's cholamotic extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat. And tumor sensors detected the moment someone left the sukkah, which reminds us of the malchokas when the clothing of those transporting the par and seer become tameh. The chamim hold that as soon as they exit from the walls of the azar, whereas Rabbi Shimon holds, Meshiyatzi Zorubarubon, as soon as the fire catches hold of the greater part of the limbs. According to the chamim, even though it's known that the par and seer are burned outside all three camps, the Pasuk states, to tell you that as soon as the par and seer leave one camp, they are metame those transporting it, along with their clothing. The Gemara address what Rabbi Shimon learns from the Pasuk. So the sukkah's chomot extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat. And tuma sensors detected the moment someone left the sukkah, while well, someone dressed in Big Day Lavan read from the Torah. Which reminds us the Kongalo can wear the Big Day Lavan for Kriya Satorah even though it's not in the Voda. As evident, he can do the Kriya wearing his personal begotting. Now, this is not a proof that Big Day Kahuna needs no behind, that it's permitted to benefit from the Big Day Kahuna even when not performing an Avoda, since the Kriya on Yom Kippur is different to Tzorch Avoda, meaning that although it's not itself an Avoda, it's an Avoda need. Daf Samachtes, so the Simmer Samachtes, is soot, and we use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The leader of the chimney sweeps, chimney sweeps, that must mean Rondav Samachtes, Sut. The leader of the chimney sweeps bowed down to a priestly man in beautiful garments, which reminds us of Shimon Hatzadik's encounter with Alexander and how Alexander bowed down, saying he saw a likeness of Shimon Hatzadik on the battlefield that enabled him to be victorious. And although the din is that one should not wear Big Dekuna outside the base of Migdash, the Gemara relates that either they were garments that were fitting to be used as Big Dekuna, or that here he was permitted to wear Big Dekuna as it was an emergency, based on the Pasuk, Eis Lasso Sashem It's a time to act for Hashem. They have nullified your Torah. So the leader of the chimney sweeps bowed down to a priestly man in beautiful garments when he cast a fiery line cub into a lead cauldron producing lots of soot, which reminds us of the Anshe Knesset subduing the Yetzor for Avodah and their decision to only blind the Yetzor for immorality in one eye, lest the world would become desolate, which resulted in the removal of the temptation for incestuous relationships. So the leader of the chimney sweeps bowed down to a priestly man in beautiful garments when he cast a fiery line cub into a lead cauldron producing lots of soot. One assembly of great judges looking on proclaimed Hashem 
was powerful and awesome. Which reminds that the Gemara explains the reason why the Anshe Kenes Gadol were called by that name is that they restored Moshe Rabbeinu's praises of Kodesh Baruch Hu of Gibor and Nor that Yirmiyo and Daniel had ceased to use, thereby magnifying Hashem's greatness. So once again, the leader of the chimney sweeps bowed down to a priestly man in beautiful garments when he cast a fiery lion cup into a lead cauldron producing lots of soot, while an assembly of great judges looking on proclaimed Hashem was powerful and awesome. All right, that concludes the shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.